The following ad is sponsored by Pets Best Insurance Services. Pets come into our lives in many ways. Shelters, breeders, or unexpected encounters. But no matter how you found your pet, they become our perfect match. Unfortunately, finding the right pet insurance plan can be hard. That's where Pets Best comes in. With a little information about you and your pet, Pets Best will recommend a plan that meets your needs and budget. Visit PetsBest.com to learn more today. Your perfect pet deserves the perfect coverage. PetsBest.com we're here at the Commandery in Worcestershire, and um, it's right in the centre of town, and it's like a classic Tudor style, and with a plaque outside that reads, the last battle of the Civil War was fought at Worcester on the 3rd of September, 1651. And it's right next to the King's Head pub, which is quite nice, because as we all know, Oliver Cromwell, well, he loved the head of a king. Commandry is most famous for being the royalist headquarters during the deciding battle of the English Civil War, the Battle of Worcester in 1651. But the building, and the site itself, is way older than that. And I'm here to meet Megan, who's going to take me through it from the start. Uh, are you Megan? Hello, yeah. I'm, I'm Tom, how are you Megan? Good, thank you. It's like a nice chain. <laughs> it's very good. Oh, there are lots of chains and padlocks. Good. Oh, excellent. Okay. Hello. Hello. So, Alice, how are you? That's Tom. Thank you. you. Have a good journey. Uh, we, well, our train got cancelled, but apart from that, so we have uh, hence yeah. we're late. So, I'm here in Worcester with Megan, who I'm now going to call Megan the Great. Is that good? Yeah, that's great. Because that's what your <laughs> nephew, nieces, call you. Yes. So I've got a great nephew, and that's how I've said they've got to call me. <laughs> so you're now, he's a great nephew and you're a great aunt. Yeah, but I prefer Megan the Great. <laughs> Megan the Great sounds yeah. nice, doesn't it? Have you, are you uh, Worcester born and bred? No, I actually come from Litchfield. What's Litchfield like? Quite similar. It's a cathedral city, a bit smaller, and also it has links to the Civil War. Oh, nice. You know the, thing, the joke they say, um, what's, what are the hardest things to, for someone to say? Uh, help, I'm sorry, and Worcestershire sauce. <laughs> You heard that one before? I don't think I have, actually. Which is just it's quite hard to say. Sometimes if, if I've had to do, like, lots of talks in a day. How many times do you stumble over the word Worcestershire? I struggle with words that has S in it. That's so not that's good. Worcestershire is quite a hard Worcestershire. one. <laughs> I now can't say it. And you are the education lead. I'm the learning and outreach coordinator. Right. So I lead on the education here. And then I have a manager who leads over all the sites. Which means you have to t- bring kids around. So you've got practice with talking to kids. They must say the most mental things. Well, I thought we could do some role play, which is, it's not one of my first questions I normally ask a lady, <laughs> but would you be up for some role play? Because I, I thought, I've got some questions here about what I think, uh, questions that kids might ask. Okay. Because uh, I want to see how good you are, you are at responding to potentially childlike questions. I am actually a qualified teacher. You are? So I'm very used to this oh, type good. of thing. So hopefully I should be okay. At, at the end of this podcast, I won't leave until you tell me to leave then. <laughs> <laughs> Until the bell goes. And that's for you, not for me. No. That... It's your time that you're wasting. It is. <laughs> okay, okay, so um, <clears throat> this is, I'm going to be a little kid. Megan. Yes. How did Henry VIII dissolve all the monasteries? He must have had a very big glass of water. Oh, yes. I'm glad that you know what dissolve means. <laughs> that's Thank very you. good. You've been listening in science. Uh, but what <laughs> it meant is that he basically got rid of them. So he didn't actually dissolve them, else he wouldn't have the building we have now at the commandery. That was very good. Yeah, there you go. Well done, Lily. That was her name. 
class dismissed. Can you talk us through the commandery? How was it started? The site, rather than the building, has got a history of about a thousand years. It started in the medieval period. We did have a chapel here first, which was St Goodwill's Chapel. And then this building that we're in now is what was built afterwards and is what was known as St Wolston's Hospital. So that was, we think, around the 11th century. We have definite records by like the 13th century that St Wolston's is a hospital so we definitely know from there. So straight from the start it's, it's a hospital yeah that was his main thing and what sort of people is it treating that everyone in the area is there like an A&E is it like a sort of waiting patients and then quick in patients and all that sort of unfortunately not no it was not like a modern day hospital it was more for actually if people were on pilgrimage or just visiting actually it was somewhere they could stay Right, okay. So less A&E and more B&B. Yeah, probably more like a B&B. But if you got ill, they would look after you. They would look after you. What sort of illnesses are kicking around at that time, do you think? What would be the most common thing? Or would it be like sword wounds and things like that? I think you'd have the big diseases. The um, big ones? The big ones. (laughs) What are the big ones? The plague. The the plague. (laughs) Number one. I mean, the plague would be around at certain points. But their lifestyles weren't great especially the poorer people who lived in Worcester so you'd have like malnutrition and dehydration so they come in they go Worcester matter with you (laughs) thanks thank you very much I'm dying of the plague okay I'll stop making puns then (laughs) come in I mean, it was also on the outskirts of the city walls. So we, unfortunately, we don't have them anymore. But Worcester was surrounded by like a wall and you had different gates to get in. We were right next to a gate called Sidbury Gate. So if people were coming late at night, the commandery would be the place they'd go to stay. I see, right. Can, how, many, how many gates can you name? St. Martin's Gate. St. Martin's. Patron saint of beggars, am I right? Oh, I don't know, is he? I think, well, my, I went to St. Martin's Prep School and uh, he was the saint who cut his cloak in half and gave half of it to the beggar. Which I always thought, just give him your whole cloak. I mean, Why would you give him half a cloak? It seems a bit pointless because you're both going to be cold. Yeah, that's true. Do you um, know what St Martin Gate is now in Worcester? I think it's a car park, isn't it's it? A car yeah, park. we drove past it on the way here and I went, ooh, St Martin's car park. Yeah. He'd have loved that. Oh, yeah. That's <laughs> what he would have wanted. Oh, it really is. He loved cloaks and cars. That's what St Martin's was about. <laughs> of course, St Wolfstan was a saint himself. Yes. How did he become a saint? It is quite a gruesome story. That's what we like on this podcast. Which he isn't actually linked to. He is, obviously, he actually wouldn't become a saint from it. But he wasn't alive at the time. Oh, he got his uh, posthumously. Yes. He was a bishop of Worcester, but a little bit after he died, there was some, uh, a boy called Thomas. Great. And he'd been having an affair. Not so great. With a married woman. He was a home wrecker. So, Never trust a guy called Thomas. That's what I, that's what I think you should know going forward. Thanks for having me here. Yeah. So Thomas is having an affair with a married woman. So he goes to the priest and he confesses about this. And he goes to more than one, actually. <laughs> He's really guilty. He feels really guilty about it. And they say all the things you need to do to get over it. And then the woman's husband dies. So she thinks, oh, they're going to just marry me. And he doesn't want to. Because he's now had it. The guilt has been built up and he's seen so many priests and he's gone, look, sorry, babe. (laughs) If that's what they called each other in those days. I think so, yeah. That's sad. So did she take this well? What happened? Not too well. So she marries someone else. Rebound? Yes. And this person's not happy that he had an affair with his wife. 
and they go and they have a duel, but like it's a sanctioned one. They're allowed to have it. They have to fight each other. I see. So does that mean there's like a adjudicator? Yeah, there's some. There, there would be someone there watching it. Like an umpire. Um, but it was more like this is whoever wins. Like that's from God. So God is giving his right. verdict from okay. this fight. Uh, Thomas really didn't want to fight. Like he was said to be crying at this point because he was like, no, he's going he's gonna to win. <laughs> yeah, because I've had the affair. Yeah. And God's probably not going to like me. Yeah, and I, he was much of a fighter. Sure. More, definitely a lover. More of a lover. <laughs> Quite clearly. <laughs> so they had this fight and he didn't win. Yeah. And so it was said, the punishment from all of this and for losing the fight so God's judgment would be, he had to be blinded and castrated. Oh my days. That is, did he know that that's what the punishment was going to be or did he go? I don't think so. I think it was sort of on the day that was then given. And who's getting this message from God? Like, could you really like, and now your punishment, oh God, what, is he going to fine me? <laughs> Am I going to have to go to prison? Castrated and blind. What? <laughs> well, they, there's lots of interesting methods in the from especially the medieval period with punishment so yeah but i mean that's a particularly horrible one yeah no i mean i guess the castration is so he doesn't have any more affairs yeah and then blinded won't look at any women again yeah oh dear poor tom so yeah so that happens with lots of people watching because obviously in the day that's their entertainment yeah um and he was just left there because now he's not really seen as a man that's god's judgment on him they've punished him why should anyone help him but there was someone, um, there was a sister called Isabel, and she actually worked here at the hospital. So she went over, put him in like a basket and carried him over. But lots of the brothers here was like, no, we're not looking after him because God's judgment said, no, sure. he had to be punished. But she hid him away and cared for him. And um, after so many weeks, he was healed. He could see again and... They grew back. (laughs) Really? Yeah. uh, And they prayed, this is where he comes in, to St. Wollstone. Although I I suppose he wouldn't be sent back. So he would have been a saint then. He just played to Wolfstan and then because of this miracle, they then made him a saint. Yeah. So St. Wollstone's miracle was that he grew a bloke's bits back. Yeah. And gave him his sight again. Yeah. It's quite a good one, really. Uh, Of all the (laughs) things, lovely for Thomas. Really happy for the result for Thomas. Just as far as, like, if you then go up to heaven and you meet all the other saints, <laughs> like, so how did you guys become a saint? Oh, well, I fed all these poor people and I made all this great stuff. And, oh, I was devoted to God. How about you? Oh, yeah, I helped someone grow. <laughs> like, it's a bit... Of the saints, I'm sure he, he can't have been much bragging rights. No, probably not. It's an interesting story. <laughs> and how did it grow back? Like, this is like Wolverine sort of... Maybe he was a mutant. Yeah, yeah. He's actually... <laughs> he's been in an adamantium shaft. That's too much, isn't it? That's too much. <laughs> That's too much. <laughs> Witness the dawning of a new era in automotive luxury with a reveal unlike any other as Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury the premiere of the all-new 2025 Infiniti QX80. Join us March 20th live from the edge at Hudson Yards in New York City, featuring an unforgettable performance by Grammy and Academy Award-winning singer, songwriter, and composer, John Batiste. The all-new Infiniti QX80 is unlike any luxury SUV you've ever seen. Smart enough to anticipate your needs, even before you do. 
Every line, curve, and detail was thoughtfully crafted so everything for every passenger feels just right. Don't miss it. Mark your calendars and be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. The following ad is sponsored by Pets Best Insurance Services. Pets come into our lives in many ways. Shelters, breeders, or unexpected encounters. But no matter how you found your pet, they become our perfect match. Unfortunately, finding the right pet insurance plan can be hard. That's where Pets Best comes in. With a little information about you and your pet, Pets Best will recommend a plan that meets your needs and budget. Visit PetsBest.com to learn more today. Your perfect pet deserves the perfect coverage. PetsBest.com I want to hear more about some of the gruesome stories that have happened here while it was a hospital. Because there must have been some pretty horrible ones. A lot of people would actually come here to die. So the painted chamber, which has mm-hmm. got some medieval paintings on the walls there, they think that is where people would go to die. So it was like the dying room. And you'd lie down in there and you'd see these pictures of saints and different images linked to Christianity. And that would help as you passed away. Oh, is there something nice to look at? Yeah, and to think about. Although there is one in there about weighing your souls and you've got, like, the devil and I think it's the Virgin Mary on the other side. Just <laughs> oh, and is that on two scales? Yeah. So I suppose that if you've, if you've been bad, that's not great to look at. No, yeah. But if you've been good... <laughs> Sorry, I've just done a really weird noise. That was a weird noise. <laughs> Don't worry at all. Luckily, you're not speaking directly into a microphone being recorded for a podcast, yeah, I so <laughs> I think you definitely got away with that. <laughs> Talking about the devil and the Virgin Mary and suddenly Lucifer crept up your throat and went, making noises like the grudge. (laughs) A quick glass of holy water later and we're back on track. So we're back with the Babadook as we go through this (laughs) podcast recording. (laughs) Talk us through more of these wall paintings. There's an image of um, St. Goodwill, which the chapel was named after. And then there's also one of St. Erasmus. Now, he's an interesting guy, isn't he? Because he's the patron saint of abdominal pain. Yes. (laughs) Yes, someone's been reading their notes. (laughs) Of all the ways to become a saint, why not? We've just had blinding and appendage regeneration. Why not have abdominal pain? Can you explain a bit more about this? Yes. So he's from the, I think it's the third century Rome. And that is before um, they converted to Christianity. And he was a Christian. So he went there to preach, which didn't go down well. So they took him and, as punishment... <laughs> it's fine again. Don't worry. <laughs> I mean, it is very audible, but, I know. but... But it's even worse when you go, it's back again. He <laughs> <laughs> does feel like I'm possessed by the devil then. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> Fine. Again, it's whenever anything holy starts getting mentioned, <laughs> your innards just start going. Maybe I am. I've just never realised. This, this is this podcast needs to end with an exorcism. I need, no. a, I need an old priest and a new a young priest. <laughs> the power of Christ compels you. Right. So he was saying how he went to preach, but it didn't go down very well. So as punishment, um, he was laid out, and his Bowels were attached to a windlass. A windlass? What's a windlass? So it's sort of like a really long stick and it can turn. Oh, right, okay. And his intestines was attached to that. And then they really slowly, while he's still alive, just wind it and they oh 
wind, wind around. Ugh. Yeah. Because the testings, they can stretch for like miles. So that's quite a lot of turning. Yeah. That's a pretty long punishment. <laughs> very long punishment, yeah. Um, and this is going to be a bunch of people watching as well, I'm assuming. Yes. Yeah. And the, yeah. um, the emperor at the time was Diocletian. And so he was the one who enacted the punishment. Um, he wouldn't have twisted it though, No, sure. he just watched. Like the sort of people who behead people, they've been a sort of specialist stick twister. I mean, I've never thought about it, but yeah, I suppose there would have been people who, that's their career. It's my job. (laughs) Just at school, what do you want to be when you're older? I'd like to twist sticks with intestines on, please. (laughs) (laughs) Is it too late for a career change? I quite like the idea of business cards that say, Tom Horton, specialist stick twister. Maybe then someone will finally take me seriously. Moving on, Megan took me into the painted chamber or the dying room because I was dying to see those medieval paintings. So here we are in the painted chamber now. So if you have a look around, you can see that there's quite a few walls which are just white and then there's others which have the paintings on from the medieval period. This is because um, with the dissolution of the monasteries, it was actually all completely painted over. So for a long time, this whole room was just whitewashed and it was not until the 20th century that actually they were rediscovered. And what we see now is what was able to be saved. Why were they whitewashed? Uh, Because Henry VIII decided that he wanted to break from the Catholic Church and he created the Church of England. So, you know, they wanted to get rid of any evidence of Catholicism. Decided he wanted a break. (laughs) Wanted to marry someone else. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) It's actually quite amazing. There are white bits of the wall, but the actual pictures, it's quite amazing that they are that old, actually. They look like they could have been drawn reasonably recently. They're very vivid. Yeah, and actually by them nearly being destroyed by being covered in, in whitewash, I think it's actually preserved them quite well so that we can have them hundreds of years later. Yeah. The one that stands out the most is absolutely the naked man being stretched. That's not a comforting image. No. I mean, he's not being stretched, but something is being taken out of his body. His intestines? Yeah. Oh, God. Who is he? So that's St Erasmus. That's St Erasmus. Of yeah. course it is. Of course it is. Oh, the intestine Erasmus. So you can see it's not the nicest way to go, but maybe it did bring some bit of comfort when they were dying. And just below Erasmus, there is Thomas Beckett, I'm assuming, being chopped to death in the cathedral by all the knights. What did he do wrong? Do we remember? Henry II and Thomas Beckett, they started off as friends. Then he was made Archbishop of Canterbury, and then they fell out and... Thomas Beckett tried to have more power over the king and things like that. And then some of the knights that were belonged to Henry II went and killed him in the cathedral. And some people thought that Henry II sent the knights and he said he didn't. Sneaky. Henry's and Thomas's don't get on well because there's also Henry VIII and Thomas More. And I've just realised my best friend's called Henry. You're going to fall out. I'm going to kill him. Mm. No, you're going to get killed. Oh, God. <laughs> I'm going to have to give my friend Henry a call later. Talk us through how Thomas Beckett died in more detail. Okay, Uh, it's a pretty gruesome death. So there were about four knights who came in to the cathedral and started to attack him. He did try and fight them off, but I mean, there's four knights who are attacking you, so it's not going to end well, really.
No, what's he got? He's got like his rosary beads and a crucifix. I know, he's not really going to be carrying. No, no, it's not, not going to happen. Sorry, no. Tom. So they start attacking him but, and they start slicing at his head and actually like the crown of his head came off. Oh, God. And when the attack was nearly through, one of the knights actually put their, their foot on his neck. Yeah. To oh. just squeeze that last bit of brain out. Oh. I suppose it's like a fruit. isn't it? <laughs> That's the first thing that came to my mind. <laughs> did he? God, how did he die? Like a froob. Like, <laughs> <laughs> what? What do you mean, like a froob? <laughs> I don't know. That is horrendously often, graphic. Megan, yeah. Jesus. You say you do kids' tours. <laughs> uh, um, yeah, I mean, they, they would relate they would to a froob. They would love a froob. I think that's put me off froobs for a while. That and the fact I'm not a seven-year-old boy anymore. Witness the dawning of a new era in automotive luxury with a reveal unlike any other as Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury, the premiere of the all-new 2025 Infinity QX80. Join us March 20th live from the edge at Hudson Yards in New York City featuring an unforgettable performance by Grammy and Academy Award-winning singer, songwriter, and composer, John Batiste. The all-new Infiniti QX80 is unlike any luxury SUV you've ever seen. Smart enough to anticipate your needs, even before you do. Every line, curve, and detail was thoughtfully crafted, so everything for every passenger feels just right. Don't miss it. Mark your calendars and be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. The following ad is sponsored by Pets Best Insurance Services. Pets come into our lives in many ways. Shelters, breeders, or unexpected encounters. But no matter how you found your pet, they become our perfect match. Unfortunately, finding the right pet insurance plan can be hard. That's where Pets Best comes in. With a little information about you and your pet, Pets Best will recommend a plan that meets your needs and budget. Visit PetsBest.com to learn more today. Your perfect pet deserves the perfect coverage. PetsBest.com On the other side of the room was a painting of the Virgin Mary and St. Michael's scales. Yes, so we've got St. Michael there, who's in charge of the scales. And the scales of which have a tiny child on the right and is that the devil in goat form? It is the devil. And she is asking the angel, how are you weighing me up? Is it good or bad? So she's trying to put more good things on that side to weigh it down. Of what the person's oh, I done see, in their life. Right, yeah. Is that her she's Oh, is that her putting like some beat like trying to, literally trying to weigh it down with some yeah. beads? And then obviously the devil on the other side is trying to, trying to pull it weigh back. it down. She's winning though. Behind these white bits of wall there would have been more painting. It's really sad to know that we'd never know what they were. Can you imagine if it was just like graffiti and stuff? Um, yeah, it's all the rude pictures. They actually like, maybe we won't uncover yeah. them. Henry VIII was here. <laughs> 1542. How were the paintings actually discovered? So it was covered up for hundreds of years and it was 1935 that they were rediscovered. And at that point... That's recent, yeah, wow. Yeah, it's quite recent. And at that point, the commandery was actually a print work factory. So it was owned by the Littlebury family and it was their business. And so it was printing books and newspapers or what? Railway timetables, postcards. Oh, just everything. Leaflet, you know, lots of things for... Flyers for the local club, all that sort yeah. of stuff. It was right. for, like, local businesses, and especially the, that side, which we call the canal wing. 
that was really set up as the factory over there. And so the painted chamber was actually like an office or a straw cupboard. So one girl who worked there went up there to get some things and I don't know, probably time wasting. <laughs> yeah, she's having a crafty fag. Maybe. Just in the store cupboard. <laughs> and then she was just idly like picking away at the wall. And when she started picking, she actually took the whitewash away and could see the paintings underneath. So that's how it was rediscovered after all of these years. Yeah, wow. And luckily, the Litterbury family really liked history. So they got a conservationist in to get as much of the whitewash as possible off and conserve the paintings. So not everything's been uncovered, but a lot of it has. You hear loads of stories about people saying, oh, there was a boy playing in a room and he leant against a wall and then a priest hole was there or whatever. Yeah. So it's always like someone just doing nothing and then suddenly yeah. it's amazing stuff. I hope it was the picture of the devil that she saw. <laughs> that picked it scary. away and it was just Lucifer staring at you. It's like, <laughs> she never smoked again. No. <laughs> Inevitably, when you live in a place that has seen so much death, you're going to get a couple of ghosts. So I'm assuming this place is riddled with them. Well, I have only worked, I think I've worked here for about two and a half years, never come across one you myself. Never? No, but we have, over the years, had lots of people tell us their experiences and their ghost stories. Well, you know me. Couldn't leave without hearing a ghost story or two. Location change. So we're now in the haunted happenings room. So all around here are speech bubbles, which are the ghost stories that people have told us what's happened to them while they've been here at the commandery. A member of staff looking up one evening suddenly felt hands on his shoulders and was pushed backwards with such a force he landed on the floor. Ghosts can get quite violent, can't they? Shadowy figures and glimpses of movement in the corner of your eye are fairly common experiences for the staff, even in the daytime. But on one memorable occasion, a staff member in the shop witnessed a whole phantom foot. A phantom foot? A phantom foot. What's happening here? Well, I don't know, I'm a ghostly foot. That's what I imagine it is. (laughs) Just one foot, though. She saw a yellow heeled shoe, ooh, with an outline of a hem above it, take a few steps across the floor in front of her before fading away. A few people have told us about a ghost called Daisy. Sounds adorable. So she is known to be more on the garden wing of the building, so where we are now. (laughs) Hi, Hi, Daisy. (laughs) You're in. And actually, she likes to follow around women. Because we think, we think it might be because they remind her of her mother. So you're saying quite a few people have seen this. We've had two people come up to us and say the name Daisy and it'd be a little girl. So we've got one of these called the solar room. And it used to have things in there for little kids to do. Like you could write with a quill and that type of thing. And someone who was a volunteer here uh, had her granddaughter and she was just happily playing in the corner. And she'd been playing really nicely and just been talking to herself. So afterwards, she was like, oh, you've been having fun. She went, yeah, I've been having fun with my friend Daisy. Shivers down the spine. So, I mean, the woman couldn't see her, but this little girl, apparently. It's almost more freaky when another child sees a dead child. It's not that, nice, that's is not it? not nice at all, is it? Because I, I don't know if I really believe in ghosts. I'd probably say no, but I've always said if, like, I'm, especially in this side of the building, and a door slams, like, I'm getting out of it. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not staying around. Yeah, just hedge your bets, <laughs> yeah. why not? And there's the bell. I'm getting out of here too. Thank you to Megan for our first history lesson on the commandery. But there's loads more to talk about, including, as I mentioned at the top of the episode, the commandery's most famous role 
as the headquarters of the Royalist Army during the Civil War, and as the site of the battle-to-end-all battles that cemented Oliver Cromwell's deal with the devil. Tune in next period when we'll be trying our hand at a cannon drill, seeing a death mask, and finally attempting to make our escape from the commandery. Until then, remember, if you've got abdominal pain, pray to St Erasmus. If someone's chopped your bits off, pray to St Wolfston. And if you love podcasts, pray to Bad Manners. <laughs> Thanks for listening to Bad Manners. If you like the pod, please share it with your friends. Rate it on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. Leave a review and make sure you spill the tea on any of your favourite bad manners that we could feature in future episodes. This podcast was produced by Atomized Studios for iHeartRadio. It was hosted by me, Tom Horton. It was produced by Willa Malensky, Rebecca Rappaport and Chris Attaway. It was executive produced by Faye Stewart and Zad Rogers. Our production manager is Caitlin Paramore and our production coordinator is Bella Cellini. Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury, the premiere of the all-new 2025 Infinity QX80, live March 20th from the Edge at Hudson Yards in New York City, featuring a performance by John Batiste. The all-new 2025 Infinity QX80 is an SUV designed to help every passenger feel just right. Be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. Don't miss it. 2025 QX80 coming this summer.